This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It is Wednesday night, and that means it's time for another episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. No Tanner Lee this week. Instead, we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend who's going to try to take my title from me, Austin Shepard. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Oh, Paul, thanks for having me. I, I don't know. Do I, call, do I call you Paul? Do I call you Moose? Do I call you Rip? You have so many different gimmicks. I, you can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, welcome to the podcast, sir. It's great to have you here. Uh, looking forward to this uh, triple threat match you, me, and Tanner have going on for the double or nothing. Oh, double or nothing is going to be great in Vegas. Already just got a couple of matches announced. I'm pumped for that. I am too. I am too. So, without further ado, let's dive right into tonight's episode. Let's do it. Kicks off with. Uh, the usual jr saying it's wednesday night you know what that means he welcomes tony shivani and excalibur and uh punk's music hits because of course it wouldn't be dynamite if it didn't start with punk's music <laughs> he joins commentary we talk about the owen hart foundation tournament qualifier between ftr dax harwood and cash wheeler the match gets started it's a lot of back and forth action uh, at the end of the match, Cash rolls up Dax, but roll, Dax rolls Cash right back and gets the one, two, three for the win to move on. Lots of great moves between these guys. This was what you would call an old, old fashioned match. I mean, yes. That, okay. Like, I'm talking late 80s, early 90s, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, for sure. They, and they were very stiff. These guys beat the tar out of each other. And I liked it. Um, they did. It, it was uh, it was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't expect anything less than an old-fashioned brawl between these two. It's a great way. I knew it was going to start the show, but it's a it's a main event match in my opinion. And these two put on a classic. Yeah, it, I like I like FDR a lot. Um, and I like him even more. I've been listening to the Renee Parquet uh, podcast sessions with Renee and they were on together and they talked about this match and how emotional it was and, and how they're going to beat the tar out of each other. But talk about two guys that have literally given their whole life to this uh, profession, this sport. 
and you cannot you cannot like him. If you don't like him, then you're you're not a good person. I'm sorry, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but I mean, just they're they're real people, and they do this because they love it. They do it, yes, it's a living, but they do it because they love it. And what they their performance mean more to them than that paycheck. Absolutely, and this is a type of match that shows that because they held nothing back. I mean, these two will go on record saying they are not high flyers, but they even went to the top rope tonight just to try to put each other down for the count. Yeah, and that 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 last high spot was a Dax didn't get all the way around. No, no, he did not. <laughs> there, there were a couple uh, uh, missed spots tonight. We'll call them that. Yeah, but. Yeah, I'll take I will take that match ninety nine times out of a hundred over the other stuff to to watch those two guys. So really impressed. Really, and then the the raw emotion at the end. Yes. Uh, now there's a little bit of a fantasy booking I wanted to see at the end. As as one of them's walking up the stage, I still wanted one of the Briscoes to come out and start beating the tar out of them, and then they start. But that's just that's the fantasy booking. We'll get the Briscoes sometime on national television, I'm, I'm saying. Yes, uh, eventually. I think it'll be more under ROH than it will AEW, but it's going to happen. Know. I know. That that I, that would have been the cherry on the top. It would have been the sprinkles on the Sunday for me <laughs> if, uh, if, if that was the way they ended the segment. But other than that, great segment, great way to start the show. Yeah, and after the match, uh, we see that uh, the world championship will be on the line at double or nothing between Hangman Adam Page and CM Punk. I don't like, think, I mean, I, I know Punk's good, but I still am not 100% convinced they told him ahead of time that they were doing this while he was out there. No, so uh, watching Twitter throughout the show, Uncle Dave, we all know who Uncle Dave is. Yep. Uncle Dave made a post that because of Hangman's positive COVID test, that the show had a ton of rewrites. Now, I don't know, other than the first segment with Punk, what other rewrites they could have, but he made that comment about an hour into the broadcast. Okay. Um, after Punk grabs the microphone, he uh, he says he's going to walk and talk because he wants to keep the action going. Gives a shout-out to FTR, which is great because he even said on commentary during the match, he's not huge on these guys, but they put on a great match. He you know supported them. It was great having him out there for commentary. Not that he did much, but he was still out there. Um, Punk says he's never been in a locker room with more talent than AEW's. Punk says he's a fan of Adam Page, and he knows a lot of fans are as well. Punk says everything up until this point was just warming him up, and while he can't promise that he'll win the title, he can promise that he'll give everyone 100% of himself and leave it all in the ring because without the fans, CM Punk isn't a thing. Punk says he'll always bet on himself, and win, lose, or draw, Page will know that he was in a fight with CM Punk, and he'll always fight until the wheels fall off. Punk drops the mic, gets in the ring to celebrate as the fans in attendance sing his theme song. Uh, I like this segment from Punk. Punk's awesome, awesome on the mic. We know that. Um, did Did you see the guy with the box on his head in the corner? I was just going to ask you, was that Kip or was it somebody pretending to be Kip? Yeah, I, I just – I. For some reason, the first couple seconds of that segment, I'm like, okay, that's somebody underneath that. that the way they were clapping, they, they played it so well. But I'm like, okay, this guy's going to get involved. 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a surprise, but it wasn't. It was just no. well played by a fan, I guess. Yeah, the guy sat there the entire show with that box on his head. I don't even think Kip wears the box as much as this guy did. If if I'm gonna spend the money to sit front row at a at a really good show, I don't think I want a box on my head. No, but, hey, it's each their own, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we head backstage to see Scorpio Sky and Dan Lambert. Lambert says it's not a coincidence that Scorpio is in another title match. Scorpio says it's not a coincidence that he's where he is today. And he didn't ask his friend Frankie Kazarian to step aside so he can just lose while Sammy has done some crazy ladder spots that the fans love. The fans tonight came to see Sammy get his ass beat. Uh, I know we're going to get into that in the main event, but <laughs> do you like the Sammy heel turn? I do, actually. You do? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know how I feel about it. I guess I knew who Sammy was before AEW, and he was always kind of a heel with the panda on his head. It can't He's not coming out with a panda on his head anymore, so that's a step up from the last time he was a heel. Okay, all right. I'll give you that one. But, <laughs> but you know, I feel like a guy that is uh, that does the vlogs like he does um, and, and throw, the, throw the young bucks out of it because they switch back and forth all the time. I feel like Sammy's always such a – uh, people person in those vlogs is like, yeah, how can you not like the guy? But then, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I guess I guess you gotta you gotta get the the fine line in there. But we'll talk about that in the main event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, up next, we head back to the ring where the factory, uh, consisting of QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Nick Camarado, are already in the ring, and. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club makes their entrance. Brian Danielson, followed by Wheeler Yuta, followed by John Moxley. This match starts off in a brawl, and I it ends in a brawl. That's really all there is to say to this. Blackpool Combat Club picks up the victory with uh, Yuta pinning Camarado. Well, you, you know they're going to give Yuta the, the, the spot being his own. Oh, yeah. And he got the biggest. He maybe got a little bit bigger pop than Moxley. Maybe. It, it, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, and I'll be the first one. I'm not a big fan of the factory Marshall Club, whatever. I had. I think Aaron Solo is really good on the indies, but I feel like since he's come here, it's he's kind of drowned out and it's whatever. And he's another one of those that ends up on Sammy's vlog and he's a super nice guy and he loves talking to people. And then you see him in the factory and it's like, dude, get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously QT is a, is a good instructor and teacher. Um, and that's why they keep him around and he does a good job, but he just doesn't do a lot for me. Yeah. I completely agree. I definitely enjoyed uh, the way this match ended with two out of the three guys having submissions locked in while Yuta gets the pin. I yeah. think that needs to happen every match these guys are in. Okay, so oh, so we're we're a month away. What where do you see these three guys at double or not? You know, this is hard because even like Excalibur said, there are a lot of good trios in AEW. I mean, I'd almost say we need to just put them up against the best friends, have you to squash them all and call it a day on the best friends segment and move on. Yeah. But I feel like at double or nothing, that'd be a waste. 
true. You you you, you don't want to squash match on a on a on a PPV, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but I mean, man, I'm not sure what we do with these guys at double or nothing. I mean, they've got to be there. I just yeah. don't know how. I, I noticed they made a uh, a blurb in the entrance that Danielson and Moxley. Um, I'm sorry, Daniel Bryan, or I get always still calling the the wrong name, but they're they're the top five. They're in a, they're in a top five category for tag team. So they're yeah. always throwing that out there, like that could be a match, and uh, Yuta could have a, a ROH pure wrestling match, I guess, at Double or Nothing. But the last couple of weeks they've been billed as a trio, so. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we could always go because uh, when Regal joins them, he goes straight to commentary. So we could have him in a tag match and have you to just ringside against another tag team that's got somebody else out there and kind of somehow evolves into those two fighting while there's a match going on in the ring. Yeah, we, we got we got another month though to, to figure that out. But it, obviously, they're going to be part of a of a huge show in Vegas. So be oh yeah, put them. Yep. We uh, now head backstage where Tony Schiavone's with Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Tony Storm. Tony says while Britt has Jamie, she wants them to meet her friend, Ruby Soho. Ruby says Owen, Hart's, Owen Hart once said, enough is enough, it's time for a change. Hayter laughs at her. Ruby challenges Britt and Jamie to a match. Britt declines and says she and Jamie need to go talk strategy in Ruby's home of catering. Commentary runs down the rest of tonight's card as we head to a commercial break. Okay, you left out the point. <laughs> so, Britt Breaker broke character there. She started chuckling. She did. She did. Yes. But uh, Hater lifted her shirt up. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she knew Hater was going to do that. Yeah, um, I thought that was a that was a nice touch. Uh, they had a little comedy there. They broke character, then they got back serious. But it, it was actually a nice back uh, segment. It was short and sweet. Yes. Yes. And I like when, you know, I never mind hearing from the talent backstage, but I like it when it's just short and sweet. Give me a minute, 90 seconds, move on, call it a day. Yep. Agreed. Uh, when we come back from commercial break, it's time for Lance Archer versus Wardlow. And uh, MJF and Sean Spears are shown in a press box again this week because, you know, they don't want to be anywhere near Wardlow. <laughs> uh, Wardlow gets his handcuffs taken off of him, jumped on by Archer. It looked like Archer was going to start this match strong. Wardlow turned it around. There was a, a decent amount of back and forth. This wasn't exactly a squash match. It showed that Archer still has what it takes especially since I noticed uh, on his nameplate when he came down, he has the most singles victory in the men's division at 49. Yeah. And they made a, they made a big deal uh, for um, Sheeta. Sheeta for getting 50. Yeah. I remember she got a plaque and everything. They made a big deal. Um, but if you notice the way we see Archer is it's, he loses the big matches on dynamite or a, or a pay-per-view. Obviously he's getting a lot of yep. dark, which is, it's fine. Um, I, I don't know. I, I watched a lot of him in some, in, in new Japan before uh, I was pretty excited when he came to AEW, but I don't know. He just doesn't do much for me. And, and I think the snakes great, but I feel like, 
they don't use him either. Yeah. And and obviously you knew Wardlow was gonna win this match leading into yep. the feud with, with, with MJF. And side note, I'm pretty sure that bottle that Spears was drinking was Welch grape juice, not champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Probably it's Sean I Spears. Where the label said Welch grape juice. <laughs> I'll have to go back and look. Um uh, another thing, you know, you're talking about Jake being great and they're not using him very much. He looked so out of place tonight. Like he was just randomly grabbing at the ropes and grabbing at Wardlow and Archer never touching him or anything. It's just like weird little, you know, like I'm trying to get you grabs and it, it just yeah. didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think the partnership of those two and run its course and uh, there may be there's there's got to be a younger talent that that could use the Jake in his corner um, and and get over more than than the Lance Archer. Lance Archer can get over on himself. Um, yeah, it was given the opportunity. Uh, he's put on some great matches in New Japan. Um, the Moxley Lancer match in New Japan for that United States title was awesome. It was hard. It was it was strong style, but. Uh, yeah, this next <laughs> you're, you're here with, with Warload and MJF and, and Larcher was, Archer was just kind of a side note. Yep. Um, after the match, Warload gets handcuffed. We see MJF and Spears again, head to a commercial break, come back from break as the Jericho appreciation society makes their way down to the ring. Uh, they say Tony Khan gave JS time to talk because that's sports entertainment and that's what's best for business. Um, the, Aang refers to uh, the fan base as the AEW Galaxy, and they said that there won't be any physicality in the ring. Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz make their way to the ring. Eddie, Santana, and Ortiz toss the chairs, which Eddie struggled to toss the chairs. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 yeah that's exactly what it was you could see it he was so pumped and ready to go he's like chair oh, oh wait it didn't go i need to you know um jericho tells the crowd to stop chaining for eddie and says the earth is four billion years old and everyone is lucky enough to live in the chris jericho era and the People pay to see JS and Eddie Santana and Ortiz took that away from the fans of Pittsburgh last week when they were banned from Rampage. Ortiz flips off Jericho after Jericho asks for an apology from Santana and Ortiz. Santana does the same thing and says Jericho's problem is that he turned his back on the two guys who knew him best. Garcia says Santana and Ortiz think they're tough, but their threats don't mean a thing because they can't hit him. Eddie says to cut the crap and says he hates sports entertainers. Jericho says it's five on three. There's not a damn thing they can do about it. Jericho says JAS is putting a hit on Eddie, Santana, and Ortiz. And Eddie kind of flew off the handle here, got up in Jericho's face, and says in my world, a hit means you end things. Um, Jericho tells Eddie to hit him because he wants him to be fired, and AEW is his last chance at being in a company, Jericho calls Eddie a bitch. Eddie says, "Ask Jericho if he's prepared to put a body in the ground because they've already done it and they'll do it again." Eddie drops the mic. He Santana and Ortiz exit, and we see another video package hyping up tonight's TNT Championship match. 
your thoughts on the JS segment. Uh, there's a lot to go over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot. First of all, Eddie's awesome. Eddie's real. You, you there's no show there. It's he has so much passion. He, I, you talk about a guy that lives his character. A, I don't even know if it is a character. I think that's just his person. A yeah, a lot like Ric Flair. Ric Flair lives his his character. He is he's he's one now. Um, Eddie's the same way. Uh, the the 2.0 guys, I like them. They're they're hilarious. Um, and I didn't realize this, but Daniel Garcia actually had a couple matches on 205 Live. So if you think about it, all five of those guys are ex WWE guys. So I kind of like the uh, sports entertainer, the AW Galaxy. It's all kind of ribs. I like that. That was entertaining. Um, yeah, I, I, in Santana Ortiz, I just they just want to fight. Yeah, so, entertaining segment for the most part. I, I enjoyed it, um, and it it wasn't too long. If it went another two or three minutes, I would have been all right. I'm done with this. But no, they did they did a good job. And yeah, give Eddie the mic any day of the week. Yes, you know, you talk about uh, Eddie living his character and that being real. You could see that as his face just got a deeper and deeper shade of red the longer he went on and the angrier he got because he's even stated, and so is Jericho, they truly do not like each other backstage. So a lot of what they're saying to each other is truthful. So, yeah, and uh, I don't know. I know they, they say that, that they truly don't care for each other, and they, they have completely different backgrounds in the business. Um, you talk about Eddie, who has scraped and clawed on the low independent circuit for years, and Jericho even took a jab that this is his last chance in the business. He's been kicked out of so many organizations, and there's probably a little bit of truth to that just because Eddie doesn't hold back. He's going to tell you what he feels. He's not going to sugarcoat it, so... You know, I, threw, I I noticed that little jab from, from Chris tonight, which, hey, it got me hooked. I was entertained. Uh, they, they did their job. Shirtless Hager, though. Like, what is the point of this? I mean, I know they're trying to show he's built, ready for his next fight, but it, it it's getting a little old already. I mean, everybody else is wearing white tonight, and then you got uh, Jake in maroon pants and no shirt. Yeah, okay, so obviously before he goes on stage, he's wearing a shirt, and he's wearing maroon joggers and Vans, okay? If you're going to go down and do a performance where you don't talk and you don't get physical, why do you need to take your shirt off? That's just me, okay? But, yeah, the guy was wearing joggers, maroon joggers and Vans and no shirt. He's not good on the mic. I think he's good in the ring. Um yeah, let it let him go play in Bellator, and hopefully he keeps winning so he doesn't make them guys look bad. <laughs> right. Up next is the uh, insert city name street fight. It's the Philly street fight this week between Hakira Shida and Serena Deeb, and finally we got a street fight that was done the way it's supposed to be, which is closing the chapter on these two. Um. A lot of back and forth action. Serena picks up the victory off of the uh, Texas Cloverleaf as Sheeta tapped out. This match had some strong, strong 
moves. Just the first start, the first uh, I think it was a shoulder block, and then there was a drop kick on Sheeta, and it was it was stiff. Um, and then at the end of the match, you could tell uh, D had a heck of a shot. He's something worse. I almost looked like I mean, you know, it, it was swollen for sure. Yeah, it was a knot, and you, you hope that she didn't do any like break an orbital bone or anything. But that's gonna look colorful in the morning. But um, they beat the living tar out of each other. Yeah, yeah, um, and just think that one shot to Deeb's face that got her that knot wasn't even intentional. It was during the time that Sheeta was blinded by the powder and she was just spinning around and I don't think Serena was standing where she wanted to be standing and instead of it clipping her shoulder it clipped her right in the side of the face. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was tough to watch actually. Um yeah. very entertaining match by uh both them women. Uh enjoyed that. Um, I'll be the first one to say, and Tanner always gets mad at me for saying this, but or not mad at me, but he always chugs it off. Some of the women matches in AEW just not not good. No, uh, this one was great. This one was entertaining. This one got you hooked. Um, enjoyed this one. Um, yeah, no no negative no negative thing you could say about this match, unless you know, obviously she got really hurt in the end, but. Um, enjoyed it. They did their job. Uh, yeah, like you said, they put the uh, uh, final stake in the coffin, into the chapter type deal. Um, she'd have had some interesting ring gear, I thought tonight for a street. Fight. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. Uh, the crowd when she dumped the water on her face, I think the crowd got a little too excited with the top that she had on because they were chanting H two O. What do you expect? But um, other than that, yeah, no, they, those those women laid it all out and they did a hell of a job. Yeah, and you know, um, you listen to the podcast uh, a lot, and a lot of the times you'll hear Tanner and I both saying, you know, we wish we had another women's match tonight. I'm glad we only had one because this would have stolen the show and made any other women's match look like it was nothing. So this yeah. was a great way to focus. It kicked off the uh, second half of the show in a great way. Yep. I agree. Uh, after the match, we see that Thunder Rosa had been watching the match and we cut to Lexi Nair with MJF and Sean Spears. MJF calls Lexi Lindsay and tells her to get the hell out of there. MJF asks Spears for his phone says he has a plan. MJF asked someone on the phone how they'd feel about making six figures for one match, to which the person apparently accepts because MJF hangs up and says next week, Wardlow will face someone who's bigger than him, stronger than him, and smarter than him, and you can't teach that. Clearly. Back open. Yes. I mean, clearly we know who this is, but. Morrissey's coming to AEW. Mystery opponent. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Morrissey. I mean, it's it's clear they're just not gonna tell us that this week. Uh, I'm ex- I I like that guy. Uh, I know he had some issues in the past, but sounds like he's doing really good at Impact. He had a really entertaining match over the weekend where he teamed with Jordan Grace in their uh, Rebellion uh, show. They did like a tag team gauntlet. Um, and they're feuding with uh, Cardona and uh, what's his face? I don't even know him. 
<laughs> I just like Cardo. I don't like that. Myers, Brian Myers, whatever. Yeah. But they had a really entertaining match. They had a lot of uh, uh, good spots in it. And um, tag team wrestling and impact is really good right now, I feel like. But that's a whole nother conversation. But <laughs> to see Jordan Grace and, and Morrissey tag and, and be very entertaining and very good. Yeah, bring him in the AEW. I I uh I think he could be a uh a future star um uh since he's got his stuff together and 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 doing good. All right. Well, I know I'm looking forward to this next week, but uh and, and if it's not him, MJF got us again and he's just that damn good. Yeah, yeah. So He's better than you and I. <laughs> and we know it. <laughs> Uh, back from break, the lights go out. We see Fuego Del Sol laying in the spotlight. Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews walk up and uh, attempt to remove Fuego's mask. But Alex Aberhantes is in the ring and says it's time for House of Black to get blindsided. Uh, says that it's never a good thing and it's, um, I forget the exact term he used, but you don't take the luchador's mask off. Um, Penta's music hits and he kind of points back to the tunnel Pax music hits and then Alex Aberhantes walks out as well which means the man in the hood that we thought was Aberhantes turns out to be Ray Phoenix as he makes his return uh, Malachi and King leave as uh, Ray goes to swing massively with that shovel Buddy Matthews blocks it. Everybody just kind of brawls for a little bit. Ends up with Death Triangle standing tall, celebrating in the ring. But it seems like the House of Black was kind of halfway anticipating this because they all had smirks on their face. I mean, Buddy was straight laughing. Brody King said something that the camera cut away in the middle of him saying, so you didn't get all of it. And just the look on Malachi's face, they kind of... We're waiting for this, maybe not tonight, but they knew it was coming sooner rather than later. Yeah, I really like the segment. Um, the House of Black laughing that off, I thought was great. Um, it, it doesn't make it look like they got beat up and ran away. Right. Uh, awesome that Phoenix is back. He got some of his moves in. And this is, a, I was just thinking about that when I was watching this, and he's flipping around, jumping off of ropes, and then they did the 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 trios uh, dive at the end there. And I'm thinking, I just love this show because FTR did an old school match, okay, and we loved it. And then all of a sudden you get this. So you're literally getting the best of all of wrestling can provide. It's not just all flips and this and that, but you're getting everything. So it made me really appreciate the start of the show. And then, yeah, you get, you get a little bit of your luchador style wrestling there uh, towards the end. So yeah, awesome segment. And obviously you're looking at a trios match or something like that coming up at double or nothing with these guys. Yeah. And um, I, you know, you said you were excited that uh, you kind of got to see Ray's moves. And at the same time, I'm going, dude, you just got back. Every time you've gotten injured, it's been because you've done extra flips and move jumps and all sorts of stuff that doesn't need to be done. Be careful. It's your first night back. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't no. Care. Tanner and I used to joke that he's trying to see how far he can launch himself into the fans. 
and maybe one day he's going to make it to the second tier. <laughs> well, they're running bigger arenas now, so he's not going to do that. Maybe at Daly's place he can get to the second row or to the second tier, but not not some of these bigger arenas. You're right. No, but yeah, like good to see him back. Good to see him, obviously healthy and uh, getting some spots in. And yeah, that that's going to be a good program here for the next month, building up the double or nothing. Absolutely. Up next, uh, Excalibur announces that Swerve Strickland will face Darby Allen in an Owen Hart Foundation Tournament qualifier this Friday on Rampage. Tony Schiavone's backstage with Swerve and Darby. Swerve says he's looking forward to turning Rampage into Swerve's house again this week. Darby says Swerve can't keep coming into companies and saying it's his house. Darby says AEW is his house, and this Friday he'll show Swerve why the Owen Cup is Darby's tournament. And then we go back to the ring for our next matchup. But before we get to the matchup, this is another one of those segments. Short, sweet, to the point. I loved it. Yeah, I think those those two guys are going to put on a good match. Um, and the, don't hate me for saying this, but I kind of like I like seeing Darby without Sting. Yeah. And I'm so glad Darby's over the feud of the House of Hardy or House of Andrade or whatever that it was. I'm glad <laughs> I didn't think that at all. Um, but, no, I think Darby and Swerve could put on a heck of a match. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'm, that one. and I'm right there with you. You know, um, Sting and Darby's team-up is great, but sometimes it's nice to just see Darby by himself doing what he does best. True. So what if we get the well, – okay, let's put on the fantasy booker. I tend to do this a lot. So next week we get the the match and uh, Sting cost Darby the match, and then we get a Sting Darby payoff match at Double or Nothing. You know, I have wanted to see these two go at it. I think that's how it needs to end between these two. Either Sting needs to just say, "Look, we need to do something," where Sting says, "Look, you don't need me anymore. Go out there, show off what you've got," or it needs to be a turn somehow where these two battle it out. I am right there with you. I mean, Steve Sting's giving him the rub. Okay, he's he's done that as the veteran, um, as the legend, as the Hall of Famer, et cetera, et cetera. But there's got to be a payoff to it at some point. So, yeah, might, might as well be one of their biggest shows of the year. Or, you know, you you take this battle into double or nothing. He costs him a double or nothing, and then, then you make it into the uh, uh, all out here come uh, Labor Day weekend. So. I think you're going to see it this year. He's 63 years old. He's going to have to have his big payoff match at some time. Yes, and he needs to stop jumping off of everything and uh, giving all the people who've watched him have neck injuries time and time again, heart attacks. Uh, yeah, he's he's nuts. And, and good for him that he can still do it. We appreciate it. But, again, he's 63 years old. He's the same age as my father. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My father can barely play around the golf about getting hurt let alone be- <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah right there with you uh up next the undisputed elite takes on the varsity blondes dante martin big shoddy lee johnson and brock anderson and we've got arn anderson and julia hart ringside and first i gotta say julia hart was in all black tonight they barely showed her, and the one scene they did show her, you can see even more of that black coming down. 
when you noticed she had her back to him. The whole match. The whole match. She had her back to him. Eye patch on. Black, like you said. Um, yeah. It's a matter of time. But they need to do it sooner rather than later. Because it's almost to the point people are forgetting about it. And now they're like, you know, if they don't watch on a regular basis, well, why she got an eye patch on? What's with the black makeup? But, but I mean, okay, so she turns on the varsity blondes. We've already had that, that's a squash match. We've already had that. Uh, I don't, I don't know how they turn her at this point. So the only thing I can think of is she turns on them, costs them a match, walks away, and then just shows up with the House of Black. They don't really have a match per se between the varsity blondes and the house of black, because again, that's going to be a repeat, but then, you know, you can have Malachi kind of go, Hey, you know, we did this, have him do something about it, but not a match. Yeah. No, that's the only way you can do it. But I mean, I could, they, uh, that stable could use a, a strong female and you could pull it off. She could definitely pull it off. Oh um, yeah. Varsity blondes to me. Again, dark elevation. They're good. Um, the one guy that stands out, and I know he hasn't been put in that position yet, but I really, really want to see how Brock Anderson turns out. Yes. He's got old. Like, he reminds me of a young FTR Dax Harwood. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I can see him being in that role. Get, give him a another young guy that wants to do classic wrestling or – old style wrestling with Arn in their corner, man, I, I like it. I like it a lot. And speaking of that, uh, I think it's still coming up. I don't think it's happened yet, but actually FTR will be in a tag match against Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman jr. And, um, Bret Hart will be in the corner of FTR and Arn Anderson will be in the corner of, uh, Brock and Brian, kind of the new version of the Four Horsemen versus a Heart Foundation, basically. Yeah, that's coming up in two weeks, I believe. We got two okay. weeks. I can't, I can't remember the promotion that's doing it. It's out on the East Coast, um, yeah, or or whatever. But yeah, I saw that they did that, and uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I would love to see Arn do a stable of version of the four horsemen that could be really good obviously with brock um and i think pillman jr needs something new now um he did he did a good job with the varsity blondes obviously a playoff of his dad and and steve austin with the hollywood blondes um but all right yeah you did a good job you've done it for a couple years all right let's move on so and, and i think the varsity blondes have been around almost as long if not longer than the hollywood blondes yeah. So, I mean, I just, I, I, if they're going to break them up, let's not do kind of the same angle we did with the Hollywood Blondes breakup. That's all I ask. We yeah. don't need anybody shot in a home or anything like that. That was good for the Attitude Era. Not today. A <laughs> little bit different times. Yes. Yes. So, um, back to Brian's match right. for tonight. Right. Yes, <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, Undisputed Elite picks up the victory here after a uh, four-man BTE trigger 
and the boom to the back of Lee Johnson's head. I a little crazy. I think there was almost too much going on in this match. Yeah, I mean, I, at the start, you could tell uh, when when the Varsity Blondes and and those guys took it to them. You could tell um, they wanted to play like the Bucks, Red Dragon, and and Cole were were not on the same page. Yep. They wanted they wanted to make that image out there that look these guys these five guys are on the same page. But you know they had their little meeting outside the ring, and then and all of a sudden they they dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it works. Uh, we'll see if the Bucks keep it up. But the this is the only thing that stood out in this whole segment to me. And you're gonna laugh at me, but in the entrance and then afterwards when they put all the T-shirts on together, the only thing I can look at and laugh at was Kyle O'Reilly acting like a Street Fighter figure in his stance. Yes. All, he just he down in the stance and he rocks back and forth like the Street Fighter video game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I can notice and all I can laugh about. And uh, Fish doing some weird kind of yeah. like version of Hulk Hogan to Adam Cole's music. I, I I don't know. I don't know what it is with these guys. I was kind of hoping we get uh, the Elite versus the Undisputed Era, but at least for now, I think that's kind of been squashed. Um, I, you know. I think you're going to see maybe the Bucks versus Red Dragon at Double or Nothing, but then what do you do with with Cole? Um, with the Bucks, their third guy is Brandon Cutler. We're not going to see him on two. Um, no. So yeah, I mean, again, we got a month to see where this where this goes, but yeah, there's, see- there's some potential there. I just hope they 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 uh, they develop it and do it the right way. Yeah, see, I was kind of hoping that the Bucks would still kind of be standoffish, and then like the go home show on Dynamite, Omega shows up, and we get a three on three, Omega and the Bucks versus Cole and Red Dragon. Yeah, I kind of thought that, and then I think a week ago I read a thing where Omega's still not going to be ready for Double or Nothing. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe for the uh, Forbidden Door show, in I think that's in the June. Yes. Um, which that would be a perfect fit for him since that's where he came from. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to see Omega double or nothing. No, unfortunately, unfortunately Uh, after the match, everybody puts on the undisputed elite shirts and we go to commentary. Who's immediately says we need to take cameras backstage. Santana and Ortiz are down in the parking lot. Garcia, Hager, and Ang have Kingston held up. Jericho shoots fire into Kingston uh, Kingston's eyes as JF runs off of the locker room, or as some of the locker room and officials pour out to check on Kingston, who's just yelling, my face, my face, my face. So, again, we'll talk about the segment, but one thing that just stood out, and I'm weird about this stuff, did you notice the only other wrestler um, or performer or whatever that came out besides backstage help was Ruby Soho to Kingston. Yes. I noticed that. I'm thinking, so immediately I go to Wikipedia. (laughs) Are they they dating? Is there history there? What will you, what's it about? And I couldn't find anything, but I just thought it was weird that they would throw Ruby Soho into that category. But Hey, 
it's professional wrestling and reason you and I watch every week. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, just, I thought that was weird. I thought it was a good segment. I liked the injury angle with the fireball. You know, that's gonna lead to some great promos from Kingston with his face wrapped up um and stuff like that. And I want Jericho to be back as a heel, but it's hard for him to be a heel when they sing his darn song every time he comes out. Yes, uh, that's the one thing we've been saying is just change the music now. That's yep. one way the fans are going to hate you. You know, start playing Judas, have it cut and switch to a new song. And then Jericho says, no more of that. I'm tired of you idiots singing along with my song. Yeah. That would be the, again, that'd be my sprinkles on top of the old Sunday. But yeah, I can't wait. I'm actually excited for next week. You're going to see a Kingston wrapped up in gauze, probably fake ooze uh, on the gauze. And he's going to cut a killer promo threatening to end the life of Chris Jericho. And you and I are going to be hooked. Yep. And uh, of course, now he's got to regrow his beautiful uh, eyebrows that they talked that, about in the first segment. That was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested for this. Um, finally Kingston gets involved in pyro segment that doesn't go horribly wrong. Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) That when when I first, like I rewound it just to make sure that, you know, it actually looked right. Cause you know, last time he was involved in what was supposed to be a huge, big explosion. We got some sparklers. Yeah, we got the uh, we got the uh, local neighborhood fireworks show. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, up next, commentary runs down this Friday's card for Rampage as well as next week's card for Dynamite, uh, which includes uh, Samoa Joe taking on Trent Beretta for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship this Friday on Rampage. I'm excited for that match. I am just because Beretta obviously had a, a stint are good history in ROH. Um, I think it'll be a good match. Obviously, I think Joe will go over, but um, I think they'll put on a show. I really do. I, I think it'll be your classic Ring of Honor match. The stuff that that I was attracted to in Ring of Honor, that it was just not your squash here and there. But, I mean, they put on some good shows. I, I loved watching Ring of Honor. Uh, we got to watch it on our uh, local Fox affiliate. I don't know if you watched it, but it was like 11 o'clock on a Friday night or Saturday, and I just had it DVR'd and could watch it the next – actually, it was 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. Yep. Yeah. weekly television, and, yeah, I made sure to watch it every Monday when I when I come home, but whatever. Uh, yeah. No, I think it'll be your classic Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor match, and it'll it'll be entertaining and great, but Joe goes over. Yep. We also uh, see that we'll see Jade Cargill, Red Velvet, and Kira Hogan versus Willow Nightingale, Trish Adora, and Sky Blue this Friday night on Rampage. Um, Next Wednesday night, the ROH Women's Championship is, uh, I forget if they said this is on the line or just will be present, Uh, but we will see Diona Kuroza, I just probably butchered her last name, taking on uh, ROH Women's Intern Championship champion Mercedes Martinez. So, champion versus champion. Yeah, uh, that'll be 
that could be a really good match potentially. And let's rewind. When did Red Velvet and Cargill become friends? Uh, they had that when, I, when she made her part of the baddies. Yeah, I I don't I don't get that. <laughs> I don't either. And I'm, we also see. Oh, go ahead. I I was gonna say. <laughs> never. What what's a baddie? I mean, yeah. somebody who bows down to Jade Cargill, I guess. Oh, I always thought it was a very attractive woman. So to have yeah. a group of baddies, I don't know. Next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we also see that in the men's tournament qualifier for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament, next week will be Bobby Fish against Jeff Hardy. I'm intrigued. I am too. I, I don't I'm pretty sure those guys have never worked together. Not that I can recall. Unless it's some random independent when it was Jeff before he went back to WWE, but obviously since he's been back, he's only been I know he's been doing some independent stuff with his brother, but uh, Bobby Fish has not been. Um, yeah, so I'm intrigued. I think those two have the potential of stealing the show. Yeah, it's going to be a great match, and it's one of those that uh, you won't get any text from me during it because I will have my eyes locked on the TV. Have you? Have, okay, one thing again. Probably, <laughs> but the last couple Jeff Jeff Hardy matches, his swanton has not looked good. He's landing flat on the guys instead of towards the end where he rolls off. I, I think he's missed a couple. I don't know if it's just coincidence since it's been AEW, but he's missed a couple. So, I don't know. It's just me. He's sober. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> I mean, this is really the first time they they say he was clean in WWE. They say he was clean in TNA. I know towards the end of WWE, he officially was clean. But yeah. this is the cleanest we've seen him. I mean, I don't know if you watched BTE this week, but I, his brain's not all there anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the guy did literally leave in the middle of a match in a house show, and there was a videotape. But, but, I mean, hey, if he's clean and his mind's good, his health's good, okay, Tell him to work on his swanton a little bit because it looks like he's hurting himself more than anybody else. Absolutely. But that's probably been his MO his whole career because he's taking a little bit of a bump here or there. Yeah. All right. It's uh, main event time. Sammy Guevara taking on Scorpio Sky in a ladder match for the TNT Championship. Another ladder match for the TNT championship. That Excalibur made a comment that his last ladder match was one against, he beat Cody Rhodes. The like way I, it, I thought it was weird that they brought Cody Rhodes up. But the way Excalibur said it, he just, he's like Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I know Tony's open to working with anybody in the world. And I love that, but I don't know, maybe too soon? Maybe too soon? I don't know. I, I think it's a little too soon. And I think it was, and in, in thinking of this match going into it, I thought it was completely too soon to have him in another ladder match because I thought the ladder match between him and Cody was phenomenal. It was great. It was entertaining. Had big spots in it. I'm like, dude, you, you, you're, you what, uh, less than two months from that? You can't, you can't top it. They tried... They did their damnedest, and it was it was a very entertaining main event. 
And, uh, well, let's just, I mean, let's go straight to the spot that both of us were like, oh, no. Right before picture in picture, Sammy jumped off, barely caught Scorpio Sky, landed, I'm pretty sure, on his shoulder and his head. Yeah, I, I figured his shoulder was dislocated. Yeah, it, it got a little red pretty quickly in that match. It, yeah, I was red at the end, but but they they showed a picture of Ty. Her face, she sold it like a champion. And I felt that Scorpio um, delayed a little bit. And then, like, you, you text me that all of a sudden there was two officials in the ring checking on him. They had a spot where... Uh, he climbed and and Sammy was able to push the ladder off, push the ladder down. He fell off. Sammy rolled to the outside, um, and it looked like he had Ty and two officials checking on him again. And again, this is all during the commercial break, and they were stalling. I felt like, oh yeah, but they came back from the from the uh, commercial break, and Sammy does another crazy stunner spot. Yeah, so if he's hurt. He played through it like a champion, and, you know, I don't know. I didn't really expect him to drop the title tonight. Um, maybe that was a change mid-match because he is really hurt, and he just played through it. Uh, but if he did, he did it like a champion, and good for him. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm starting to wonder, uh, the more I think about the match, uh, if he isn't truly injured in some way, even if it's just a couple weeks, he didn't want to, you know, risk not having to defend or not defending the title properly or whatever. Because even the ref at one point was talking to Sky on the other side of the ring right before Ty attacked her. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of, and, and uh, we both text us when he landed. They zoomed in on him, and he was laying on his back, and he goes, "Shit." Mm-hmm. And like he knew maybe he had just hurt himself. Yeah, and I mean his eyes were like and I'm like, dude, you're either really doing a great job at selling or you messed up. Yeah. He either hooked us in hook line and sinker or he hurt he was hurt and he just he finished the match hurt. Um they they changed the finish on the fly, and if they did, they did to protect him. Um I like Scorpio Sky. I, it's hard for me to root for Dan Lambert though as a face. He'd be yeah. In the corner. Um, I I think Sammy can be a really good heel with Ty, um, but Ethan Page and Dan Lambert are not faces <laughs> at all. No, no, but, not at all. So that that's kind of confusing if you if you want to deep dive into it. But it was an entertaining ladder match, entertaining main event. Uh, I'll be I'll be the negative Nelly. I don't think it tops the Cody ladder match. My, no, it does not. My opinion. Even with the barbed wire ladder and uh, Paige Van Zant and that epic climbing the ladder with a woman on your back spot. <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't care for that. But did you notice one thing? And, I, and I've watched Moxley and some barbed wire, barbed wire matches um, in AEW. I've watched some barbed wire on some GCW with Moxley. I, I tend to to dive into that indie scene a little bit. There was two spots where both of those guys land on that barbed wire. Did you notice not one of those barbed wires stuck? Yep. And neither of them had a single cut on their back. Yep. Neither one of them had any red on their back. Um, not saying that they 
wimped out. It could have been the luck of the draw, but yeah. I mean, remember the uh, Omega Moxley had tons of barbed wire, and both of those guys stuck. These guys yeah. didn't, so. Even take it back a couple, um, two weeks ago now, Adam Cole, Hangman Adam Page. We got barbed wire, and that stuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was there was red. There was color. But yeah. we didn't see any color here at all, and I, I don't know, thought it was weird. Again, I could be nitpicking, and I could be just being critical, but. Nope. Yeah. When you see barbed wire, oh, God, you're going to see color. But yep. We did yeah, and um, if Paige Van Zandt is going to be throwing kicks, she needs to. Her and Ty both need to learn to get a little closer to each other, because <laughs> when they did those double kicks, I mean, it, they were like that far apart from each other. There was a little bit of a, <laughs> <laughs> but you yes. know what? they were folk. You were you as a viewer were focused on the two uh, wrestlers trying to cr- climb that ladder. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it worked. I, obviously, we're gonna see we're gonna see a Paige Van Zant Ty Conti at double or nothing. Uh, yeah, because I don't think that's when we'll get the um, mixed tag match. No, I well, I think you'll get the mixed tag match before um, that. But I, I see and they're gonna push Paige a lot just because of her name. Um, obviously, she's training somewhere, so. Throw her, throw her in the big stage and, and let her run and, and see if she can hang. Ty, Ty Conti can perform. We've seen that. Yeah. Yep. Let's see if Paige can do it. Her and Sammy are actually going to be in Mexico uh, Saturday for AAA Mania, where they will be actually fighting for the mixed tag championships down there. So I, I enjoy some AAA to a point. Um, uh, and I have been more involved with or more interested in AAA with FTR, the Young Bucks hold that hold held those titles. It's it's mainly because of the uh, uh, the tag teams um, have held those titles. I remember Omega held that uh, title once, and he uh, defended against Phoenix, and he was doing some spots. I'm like, you are the AEW champion doing these spots, and the only way you could watch that show, I remember it was during COVID, you could watch it on YouTube. Um, and it was in Spanish broadcasting only. Uh, yeah. But he did a couple spots with Phoenix, and it was just like, they must pay you a lot of money. Um, but to do that, and knowing that you have to go perform on a national television show here in three days, but... Yep. Uh, those shows can be entertaining. Jeff Jarrett's back involved in those. Um, he's got a guy from... Uh, GCW Gringo Loco. I don't know if you know much about old Gringo. He's no. uh, uh, he's starting a stable. Jeff Jarrett in AAA. Um, he's a GCW guy, so uh, it's entertaining. Okay, all right. Um, and of course, as I kind of didn't mention, uh, Scorpio Sky won that match. Post match, Ethan Page came down, celebrated, and then uh, Frankie Gazarian walks into the ring looks at uh, Scorpio Sky, they kind of agree, do their little SCU handshake, and go right back to celebrating, which kind of threw Dan Lambert off, if you notice. He was a little confused yeah. as to why he was there. Dan Lambert's awkward. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all there is to it. He's just awkward. He even, I... that that low blow he took, kind of, he almost pulled Ty down with him. Yeah. Um, 
he's his screaming promos are somewhat entertaining, but he's just awkward. And if the guy has a passion for it, um, for professional wrestling, good for him. And and I think he can be a really good heel uh, manager. Um, but yeah, he's just he's just awkward. But yes, you know, I I don't think you're gonna see. Eh, maybe you'll see. Um, Maybe you'll see this match on Double or Nothing, but I think we'll see it beforehand. I think we'll see it on a Dynamite or a main event of a Rampage. Oh, yeah. This this isn't one that's going to um, go to Double or Nothing. It never does. Um, for whatever reason, this is the one title that doesn't seem to get defended on a pay-per-view, just like the TBS title, which I'm fine with, because if they're TV titles, you don't want them on the pay-per-view. You want them on TV. Correct. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, uh, Austin, uh, we do a grading scale of 1 to 10, so what is your overall rating for tonight's Dynamite? Oh, tonight, I really enjoyed the show. There was only about maybe one segment I didn't really care for. I'm going 8.5. 8.5. All right, all right. Um, I, that's about where I was going to go, so I'll lower it a little bit so we're not agreeing and go with an 8. Uh, it was a solid show. I mean, it is really hard to nitpick on too much. Like you said, a couple segments that were a little off, but other than that, it was a solid show tonight. Yeah. So give me your wrestler of the night. So I had a wrestler of the night. You're going to laugh at me. I had one picked before the show. Okay. And I'll explain that later. But after watching the show, Dax Harwood. All right. Done. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you know what? Um, now I've got to figure out who to go with because <laughs> you, you stole mine, and I can't agree with you on both things because the Tanner's going to get all mad at us and be like, what is this? Is this going to be a two-on-one handicap match, and you're going to somehow share the title? Um, I pick. I like to pick on Tanner. I'm not going to lie. Well, yeah, it, he's easy easy to pick on especially right now um <laughs> oh i don't know um let's go with i'll go with a loser and go sammy guevara just because either he's injured and worked through it or he sold it and hook line and sinkered us yeah e- either way he wins i i agree with that that was a good that, that might have been my second pick um I'm going to go off on a rant. I've done twice a day, and I apologize. You're fine. But the, the wrestler I was going to – the AEW wrestler of the week I was going to pick before this, and he's a 16-year-old kid named Nick Wayne, uh, and he signed to a uh, developmental contract uh, with AEW, uh, and he wrestled a G- two GCW shows um, this uh, past weekend, and he's awesome. He's again for a sixteen-year-old kid. Um, he does a great thing, and and I love that the G uh, that AEW made a thing that he has to graduate high school for this contract to be uh, valid. Nice. So, yeah, he's wrestling on the weekends, but you better make sure you finish high school uh, before you start actually getting that. But I watched two of his matches this weekend. Kid's awesome for a sixteen-year-old that weighs, you know. Right now he weighs a buck twenty-five, but that was my that was going to be my wild card. And then I watched the darn show tonight, and like I can't pass up on Dax. No, you can't. No, you can't. It'd be rude if I did. 
Yeah, I know. Now, you know, I feel like a jerk because I didn't pick him. But uh, like I said, we can't agree on both things. It's not right. That's right. That's right. Well, All right. Go ahead. No, I, I just uh, thought that that, that whole uh, picking Dax and, you know, even Cash. Cash performed awesome, too. Um, he could almost been a been a second uh, second pick. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if that if this show didn't have anything else but that opening segment, I still would have been happy. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Nah, uh, obviously Tanner's obviously maybe I don't know under the uh, watch of his girlfriend tonight, and that's why he had to tag me into. Uh, yeah, but uh, I don't know. Maybe he's doing ballroom dancing lessons or something. There we go. <laughs> uh, but uh, thanks for having me, and uh, I hope you don't get comfortable at all holding that over your shoulder because at the end of May, um, that's probably going to have a new location. Uh, not Tanner's. Yeah, yeah, you said something about a bar. Which one are we talking about here, your own or uh, a one you're, you're a part of? Uh, either one. Either, oh, okay. Either one. So I could at least still go see it in one location if I do that, lose. That is true. Um, in fact, you're going to be at one location in June. Yep. Um, yeah. So. I mean, yeah. Never. Massacre on Manitou, I think, is a great name. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what they went with. I, I, I'll have to go back and look. I don't think they've made a, uh, made a name yet. I've uh, I've got some tickets already for that show, June eighteenth. By the way, on Lake Manitou, a little FWF um, show. So, but if you have any influence, I think Massacre on Manitou's hell. We could sell some merch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could. Uh, I'm trying to look back through here, see if they. I thought I saw something about it, but this been a busy busy uh busy time i actually uh fwf has a show uh this saturday night if you want to go check it out over at the ccac in warsaw uh i will not be present as i have other obligations on the same day unfortunately uh and the following show will be on uh the 7th of may so if you're interested in uh, coming and checking out fwf let me know and we can uh we can get you some stuff, and I cannot find it. So you may be right. We may not have a, a name for that show yet. If you know uh, the name, I'm just, I like, oh, jump, jump start. All right. All right. All I care about is that somebody gets body slammed into Lake Manitou. Hopefully, Chris Brown. <laughs> I've got a feeling it'll probably end up being me. I just I seem to get the short end of the stick on those things. So, well, the good thing is, is they just dredge in front of the moose, so there's no weeds. All right, so I'll <laughs> be able to get up because that that jacket's going to get a little uh, heavy with all that water on it. I, yeah. I got a feeling. So, all right, Austin, thank you again so much for joining us. Um, be sure to follow the Kicking Out Podcast on all social media at Kicking Out Pod. Listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. If it happens to be Apple Podcast, give us a five-star rating. I know Austin's done that. I've done that. You can do it as well. And uh, 
don't forget to uh, go follow Austin as he uh, prepares to lose his first match uh, against me in uh, KOP prediction history. Uh, it's at the Shep 27 on uh, Twitter. And you can follow me at Paul Zartman 921. And don't forget, I guess, go ahead and follow that slacker Tanner at Tanner Lee 92. So there you go. And uh, we got merch links in all of our social media bios. So go buy some cool merchandise and look great while you support a great podcast. Austin, thanks again. We'll talk to you again in a few weeks as we gear up for um, Double or Nothing. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you. Join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast.